would go ahead and be seated as we pray. Lord, there is none like you. You are faithful. You are good. We can never comprehend the extent of that, but we can apprehend in as much as your Spirit enables. And so, Holy Spirit, would you, would you come and enable our minds to understand the truth of your Word so that our affections are stirred and our choices are made, choices that honor you and bless us. We're in an important series, an important vital chapter of the, of the Bible that has been uh, such a, a guide for me. And I pray today, Lord, that as we look at verse 2, that you will, you will abound in mercy and grace to us that we would rightly respond. Do this, Lord, for your glory and our blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to ask our ushers, guys, if you would go ahead and collect the offering as they do. Uh, let me ask you if you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, to take it out and turn with me to Psalm 1. Psalm 1 is our uh, focus text uh, for this series where we're talking about the blessing of God. The, the heart of this series, please understand, is not to go through and explain what the blessings of God are, but what the root of God's blessings are, where those blessings come from, come through. Uh, the, the blessings of God are the fruit. We're looking at the root. Where do they come from? It will take all of eternity to understand the fruit of God's blessings. Um, I'm, I've been memorizing um, Ephesians chapter 1. And we started, we're starting it in verse 3, and, and this speaks to the blessing of God. Understand that, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in Christ, look at this, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The heavenly places are eternal, and so are the blessings of God. So it will take all of eternity to explain and, and to unpack all the blessings of God. We're going to catch kind of a picture of some of them here and there, but our focus is to understand the root of God's blessing. What, what comes, what will produce God's blessings in our lives. And God blesses delight, but the right kind of delight. The, the delight in the things that He's given to us, the delight and the grace and the mercy that has been revealed to us. And that's what we're going to see in our, in our message today and in, the, and, and in verse 2 in particular. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Ann Kelly if she would come. Let's all stand together in honor of God's Word. And she's going to read for us all of Psalm 1. But be mindful that I'm going to be preaching from verse 2. But hearing the entirety helps us understand the particular. So, sweet girl, if you would read that for us. And I'm just going to prepare yourself. She's got, wow, this is something. Go ahead, sweet girl. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his laws he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its seasons, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff. The wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The Lord knows the way of the righteous, the way of the wicked will perish. The Word of God read with perfect tongues. Hilarious. I love that. 
I would buy her reading the Bible today. Anybody else? I say we get her to work on it now, and and maybe by Christmas we got we know what we're giving everybody. That's that's that that that's good. That's good. I say something else is good. Chocolate M and M milkshakes. I know I've been talking about those over the past few years, but I'm telling you they're good. And I tell you that because right now I can't have any. And so if you would have one, keep it to yourself because I've got this accountability group I'm a part of. And one of the guys in the group thought it'd be great. It'd be so much fun. Great. Let's go sugar-free for a month. Sugar-free. I don't know if you know this, but chocolate m and milkshakes have sugar in them. I miss them so much. But I have found something I delight in more. There's something that, that is coming along with this decision that is genuinely a, a, a blessing to me. Uh, understand, whatever you delight in, whatever you delight in, it's going to drive your decisions. I'm delighting right now in, in getting a little bit better health. I'm delighting in uh, being able to, to run five miles and not feeling like I need to go to the hospital. I'm delighting in the benefits of that. So there's a truth that's driving my feelings that are determining my choices. There's an equation that we use. I want you to get this equation. We use, I use this a lot, and, and multiple reasons why. One is because I never want us to be legalistic. We always want to be gospel-centered. So understand, whatever you believe is the truth, it's going to drive your feelings, your affections, which will ultimately determine your choices. So what a, what a lot of religious people want to do is they want to focus on choices and what you ought to do and what you should do. That's not, that's not the way Jesus approached this at all. The way Jesus approaches us is he says, understand the truth is, and the truth is God loves you. God has revealed himself. God is knowable, and he cares about you. And when you believe that truth, it changes your heart, changes your affections, and then your choices become different. What is truth? Let me, let me ask you to personalize it. What is your source of truth? Is it your feelings? Our world tells us, listen to your heart. That is crazy talk, okay? Your, your heart is depraved. Don't listen to the world. Listen to the Word of God the Son of God. And what will happen is your heart will be changed as you understand the truth that we've been singing about this morning. And it will lead you to choices that honor Him. There, there is a greater delight that comes in life. And in order to gain that blessing, you have to give up things that, that you may assume are good so that you can get to what is best. Said another way, we will not always like what we must do to have what it is we ultimately want. I'll say that again. We will not always like what we must do in order to get the life we ultimately want. Do I like chocolate and milkshakes? Yes. But there's a greater delight. The world offers delights. Sin. 
it's not always necessarily something gross and terrible. Sometimes it's just an idol. It's, it's a good thing that we make an ultimate thing. What we must choose to do is to give up what we believe is good in order to gain what is best. In order to make that choice, you, your heart, you have to have a heart for truth, a heart for Jesus. That truth must drive your affections, and those affections will move, they'll move you to do what is best. Uh, I said another way, write this down, to delight in Jesus is to delight in obeying God's commands. To have this heart for God comes from understanding who God is, how He's revealed Himself, which will move you to obey. Jesus said it this in John 14, 21, Whoever has my commands and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the blessing. How does it come? It, it comes by knowing the truth, loving the truth giver, and choosing to obey Him. Those who know Jesus love Jesus, and those who love Jesus obey Jesus. God has given us His revelation, that is His commands, so that we can live in harmony, so that we can have peace. God's commands are not to terrorize our lives, but in order to, to, to make them good. And if you don't know these commands, you're, you're missing out on the peace and the confidence and the hope that, that, that comes with knowing God, being loved by the Father, through the Son, by the grace that's given in salvation. The way we treat God's commands, that is, the way we treat the Bible, really, it really shows what we think of Jesus. Because the way we treat the Word is really the way we are treating Jesus because you can't delight in what you don't know. If you don't know Jesus, you can't love Jesus. If you can't love Jesus, you can't obey Jesus. So you, you have to know Him. How do we know Him? It is only through the Word of God. The Bible reveals to us who God is. And the way we treat that Word is ultimately how we're treating Jesus. Do you know the Bible? Do you, do you know the author and the hero? See, the Bible's not a collection of stories. The, the Bible isn't uh, a bunch of sayings. The Bible is a single story that tells us that God created all things to be in harmony. But because of sin, the, the world has now fallen into depravity. The author is God. He's telling us what has happened and what He chose to do. God chose to come and rescue us. The hero of the Bible is God Himself, Jesus, God in flesh. And we know that one day He's going to return to restore all things. If you don't know the Word of God, you can't delight in Jesus. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Look what John says, John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was, was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. This is Jesus. Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. The way you treat the Word of God is the way you treat Jesus. The only way you can understand who Jesus is is through the Word of God. The only way to, to know Him and to love Him and to obey Him is to know the, the Bible that describes Him. Let me give you three words to really think about as you think about the Bible. Who, what, why. Who, what, why. The Bible tells us who Jesus is. 
The Bible tells us what Jesus has done. And the Bible tells us why Jesus did it. If you do not know the Bible, you cannot know who He is, what He's done, or why He's done it. And you will be forced to live according to another truth. And that truth will be the truth of this age. And it's the truth that says you got to love yourself. you got to do what's best for you. you got to look out for yourself and get what you want. Can I tell you where, what that does? Creates brokenness. God's design was harmony. It was peace with God, peace with Him, and peace with others. When we reject the authority of God, which is sin, we create brokenness. Let me tell you what sin is. It's telling the Almighty, He's wrong and I'm right. That's what sin is. It's saying, God, I know you're all-powerful and all-knowing, but I'm smarter than you. And I know what's best for me. And I'm going to do what's best for me. When we do that, we create brokenness. We create conflict with God, with ourselves, and with others. And, and that is a terrible pain. But good news, God loves us. And He has come into this world, and God has revealed Himself in His Son. I love Hebrews chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. It says, Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He's spoken to us by His Son. God has revealed Himself through Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. And so, in order to, to be transformed, we have to know the truth. That truth will impact our affections. Head, heart will be driven to honor God. And that's where the blessing comes. Those who know Jesus, love Jesus. And those who love Jesus, obey Jesus. And so this way of life that is, blessed, that is a blessing and blessable, it comes from a delight. There's an outward delight and an inward delight that we see in our text today. And I really want to challenge you today to consider if these are true for you. Are they, are they real in your life? Do you have an authentic faith? And if not, I'm going to speak to some of the consequences of that. And that may be, some of these consequences may be very real to you today. And I want to tell you that you need to feel that and you need to come to the truth. And the truth will set you free. And that truth loves you. And that truth is willing to be loved by you and can change your life. So, so what is this blessing? What, what, what is this, this, this way of life of a disciple of Jesus? Two things. One, understand God's blessing. God blesses His disciples' outward delight in God's commands. Again, the delight in Jesus is the delight in obeying God's commands. God blesses His disciples' outward delight in God's commands. It says, but His delight is in the law of the Lord. There's a great blessing that comes to those who are glad to obey God. Now, let me caution you. Understand, obedience does not save you. But if you are truly saved, you will obey. Ephesians 2, many of you know this first. Sometimes what we do is we take verse 8 and 9 and we separate it from verse 10. And we treat them as though they're kind of two different things. They are two sides of the same coin that is being a disciple of Jesus, that is being saved. 
For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. What does this mean? The only way that you can have peace with God, peace within and peace with others, the only way the brokenness can be healed is through faith in Jesus Christ and what He's done. Living a holy life, dying for your sin, being raised and not being alive in you, being your truth that drives your affections, that determines your choices. Now, once that is true of you, you will then begin to obey. What does that obedience look like? For we are His workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Salvation is not simply trusting in Jesus and then doing whatever you want. It's not salvation. Salvation is trusting in Jesus that He is the truth and being moved by His love so that you obey Him. To know Jesus is to love Jesus and is to obey Jesus. It's all together. And to separate those creates hypocrisy. The Sadducees in the day of Jesus, they said they knew the truth, but they didn't live it. And one of the ways Jesus consistently referred to them is to call them hypocrites. What is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is, is someone who claims one thing but then lives another. And it's a miserable existence. Are you a hypocrite? Are you a person who claims to know and love Jesus but refuse to obey Him? See, if, if that is true of you, there's a duality in your existence that is creating misery. Because here's the fact, if you're not obeying Jesus, one of two things are happening inside of you right now. If you are a genuine desi- a disciple of Jesus, but not obeying Him, you're miserable because you're not loving Him and honoring Him, and you know it. And you're being driven by peer pressure or some, some other worldly thing that's keeping you from being who you really are. But worse than that, worse than being a person who really does know Jesus and not and is just not obeying, worse than that is being a person that is disobeying Jesus because they really don't know it. And you're just pretending. Hypocrisy is destructive to your soul because it either denies who you are or it reveals who you are. And in either sense, it's misery. God wants to bless you. Where does the blessing come from? Knowing Jesus, loving Jesus, obeying Jesus. And if you don't know Him and love Him, obey Him, but you still claim Him, you're creating confusion for the rest of the world. Mahatma Gandhi said this about the Christians of his day. I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. See, if you claim to be a Christian, but you don't love Jesus and obey Him, it's confusing. I'll be honest with you. It was very confusing to me as a, as a young 15-year-old who was going to church and seeing people who were with me on Saturday night but singing something else on Sunday morning. And, and quite honestly, it was a wonderful excuse not to become a Christian. That way I didn't have to give up control. Thankfully, the Lord intervened. There was a beautiful girl that was not impressed with me that was completely in love with Jesus, so I married her as soon as I could. God is calling us to a life that honors Him. It's a life that blesses us, but it doesn't just bless us. It allows us to live hopeful and be helpful. Some of, 
some of some of the Christians in this world today are causing pain. Why? Because they're creating confusion. Why? Because they don't obey Jesus. Why? Because they don't love Jesus. Why? Because maybe they don't know him. And this hypocrisy, this confusion that it creates within our own lives and in the hearts and minds of other people, there's no blessing there. The blessing of God is found in obeying Him. See, when we are walking with the Lord, we are delighting in His commands. There's three things. Let me give you three words this gives. Confidence, hope, and peace. When you know Jesus, love Jesus, obey Jesus, you have complete confidence knowing, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm under His authority. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And, and I can trust Him because God is so good. And I have hope. I know He is with me now, and He's working it for good, and ultimately it will be good. And there's peace. There's peace because I'm not depending on me, I'm depending on Him. Hope, confidence, peace. Boys and girls, listen to me for just a moment. Obey your parents. Obey your parents. When you obey your parents, it creates harmony in the home. Disobedience creates disharmony and conflict. Children of God, obey your Father. Because it creates harmony in His home. It creates harmony in your heart. It gives you confidence, hope, and peace. That is the blessing of God. Where does the blessing of God come from? It comes to the disciples who have, a, who have an outward delight in God's commands. And where does that come from? It comes from an inward delight. God blesses His disciples, write it down, inward delight in God's commands. Scripture is very clear. Where does the blessing come from? And the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. That word meditate, is, a, is the, the verb tense of it, it speaks of a constant practice. The life of a disciple is a person who is constantly focusing on Jesus, meditating on Jesus. That doesn't mean that we don't think about other things. What it means is we think about other things in light of him. C.S. Lewis did this. He said, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. A disciple of Jesus is someone who has come to believe the truth, the truth that God became flesh, dwelt among us, died for our sins, and has been raised. Having seen that and believed that in our own lives, we see everything else by that light. Now what is happening amongst many of God's people is that because there's not a meditation on the Word of God, we're not able to hold to the truth. Now, all of us in this room are by nature made by God to seek truth. You are living by something that you believe is true. And that truth drives your affections. And that truth and your affections are driving your choices. If you are not living in obedience to God's command. It's because you are living by something that is not true, which is pushing your heart to feel something that is not authentic, and it's causing you to sin. In order to know what is true, you have to meditate on the Word of God. The sense of this word in the Hebrew is that it's a murmuring. 
It, it is a taking the Word and saying it back to God as a prayer. And, and that's what your time with God is meant to be. It's meant to be a, a time of devotion. That, that's, that's a word I prefer, a time of devotion. I have a time of devotion with God every morning. And so what that means for me is I take God's Word and I study it and it, and it impacts my mind. The truth impacts my mind. Then I, I, take, I take my electronic pen and I say, God, I praise you for something about this truth. I thank you about something in this truth. And now I ask you something according to this truth. And you know what happens to me? That, that word changes me. See, if you're just kind of slapping down your Bible, getting a quick verse, getting a quick, you know, devotion is what we might call it, but it's not something that you're meditating on, not going to change you. It's just going to be a check off your list to create pride in your legalistic way of life. Not what God's calling you to. Warren Wiersbe says it like this. I love Wiersbe. He says, if we speak to the Lord about the Word, the Word will speak to us about the Lord. So when the Word is being read, we are to speak it, meditate it, murmur it, pray it back to God. And then that Word will speak to us about the Lord. Then we will know the truth, which will change our affections, which will impact our choices. Again, don't forget this. Here's the equation. Truth drives affections, drives choices. Guys, put that back up there. Do you have it? Yeah. Truth drives affections, drives choices. So what are you choosing to do? Are you choosing to obey Jesus? If so, it's because you love Jesus. Why do you love Jesus? Because you know Jesus. You know the truth. Are you choosing not to obey Jesus? Why is that? Because you don't love Jesus. Why don't you love Jesus? Because you don't know Jesus. The truth will drive your feelings, which will drive your decisions. I love Joshua 1.8. You need to have this in your home. You need to have this somewhere where you can read it just about every single day. Because it really, it really helps us to see this principle. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Remember meditation, murmur, saying it back to God. This, this law, this Torah, this, this truth that is to be obeyed. But you shall meditate on it day and night. That you that may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You will be blessed when you delight in the Word of God because the truth will impact your feelings which will drive your decisions. Is that you? Would your family say, oh yes, this is a person who clearly knows and loves and obeys Jesus. With the people you work with, the kids you go to school with, where you hang out, does your language, does your attitude, does it reveal that you are a person who knows Jesus, loves Jesus, and obeys Jesus? If not, if you claim Christ, you're a hypocrite. Which means either you're not living who you are, which is creating conflict with God, with yourself, and with others, or 
you really are living who you are, claiming to be something you're not, which creates conflict with God, with yourself, and with others. The Lord is so good. God is so good. He is willing to allow you to know Him, love Him, and obey Him, and it be for real. If it's not real to the core of your being, come and pray. If you're struggling in your marriage, if you're struggling with a relationship, if you are, if you're, if you're worried and anxious, friends, you're all guilty. Because the fact of the matter is, is if you know Him and love Him and obey Him, you're free. But I know you walked in this room with bondage today. But He'll set you free. You'll ask Him. I know you know some folks that are probably in bondage too. The greatest gift you can give to them today, right now, is to pray for them. To ask God to let them see the truth or to change their heart so that they can choose what is best. We don't always like what we have to do to get what is best. But it's worth it. Let's stand together as we pray. Father, we have just a moment to reflect and respond in prayer. And some need to come and pray together. Some need to come and pray alone and, and ask you to, to do a change in their life that is based on the truth and a heart transformation that leads to a life transformation. Lord, we all know folks that are hurting in our world today, and there's a brokenness because because of disobedience to you that comes from a heart that is separated from you, that comes from a, a lack of knowledge that is true. And I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, you're revealing the reality, the truth of Christ, of Jesus, Messiah. And there will be some who will come and get on their knees and say, Lord, forgive me, take my life, it's yours, I'm going to obey you. Others who want to say, Lord God, you've given me life and I've not been obedient. Forgive me, I I submit to you. I love you. I will obey you. And then some who want to come and say, Lord, I'm so concerned about this situation and this person or in this family or in this need. And Lord, they want to come and ask you in your goodness, in your goodness, to do a miracle because you are so good. Here is.